You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia DeSouz. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, y'all. It's Letitia. How's everybody doing? Seems like I haven't spoken to y'all in forever. That's, that's my own issues here. First of all, I've been taking some time for myself, probably some much-needed me time. Let's be clear. I have a lot of me time and a lot of free time, but sometimes I'm very intentional about the time that I take when I need more rest or more emotional rest or more emotional space than others. And so having the awareness that I need that, I give myself exactly that without apology. So that's probably look like phone calls not being answered, not being returned, um, um, you know, things that just weren't urgent or had nothing to do with my business just because I needed a break. So for those of y'all that feel guilty about like not answering email or phone calls or things that just don't necessarily pertain to your livelihood, make sure that you're taking care of you first and foremost, because everybody will be better for it. So I've been taking care of me. Well, that being said, I had a minor eye procedure. Nothing wrong with my eyes. I'm still wearing my same glasses. It was actually cosmetic. And I had a minor eye procedure. So I was probably down for um, probably just a couple of days that I couldn't work. And they told me that I might look like I had been in a fight. And it didn't look like I had been in a fight. It looked like somebody beat my ass, okay? But it's healing beautifully. And I'm thankful for that. Let's see what else is happening. Oh, speaking of that, there's a lot of times there's a lot of judgment when people go to do things cosmetically for themselves. Like, you know, God made you a certain way. Don't change the way God made you. Listen, you do whatever you want to do because God gave you the resources or you created the resources, then you can do what you damn well please, right? Mind your business. Um, the only thing I, I'm a little concerned about is a lot of those BBLs. I just wonder, like, you know, if they should consider doing thigh transplants with those because those look a little bit off balance sometimes. But hey, who who am I? Anyway, so there's that. Going through this procedure, though, the people that were closest to me that knew, I got asked the same question repeatedly. And they said, was it expensive? And I said, what would you consider expensive? And they all used the same amount at different times, but they all said more than $1,000. And I said, yes. And then they were like, whew. And so, you know, I say this often, but I'm always wondering, like, what is the basis for expensive? Is expensive based on, like, your ability to afford it? Is it based on, because they wouldn't know what the procedure costs because they didn't even know what the procedure was until I informed them. But... If you use the language of like something is too expensive, I really want you to be mindful of that because psychologically you are sending yourself a message that it is outside of your ability to have that, right? And then furthermore, when you have to or choose to make all of your decisions by money, it's just 
a shitty way to live. Like all of your decisions before you make a purchase, before you do anything, it's just like, well, how much is this going to cost? But there's not ever the mindset to say, well, how can I create the money for this thing? How can I increase my income? How can I make additional monies? The the mind doesn't necessarily go to possibilities. It just goes to scarcity and limitations. And so you look up and your whole life is dictated by what you can afford instead of what you could afford had you tapped into your creative ability to figure some things out. I just am not someone who is going to live at a standard that is less than I desire. That's that's my personal desire. That's my personal commitment to myself. And so I'm going to figure it out. I had to figure it out in a way that didn't work for me when I was just when I was just uh, racking up debt because it was like I'm going to get what I want. Foolish, you know, unlearned behavior that cost me a lot, but the intent. Is still there. I just learned how to create the resources and monies for what I need and for what I desire, or how to put in plan, uh, put a plan in place to do so. Because I'm just not gonna go through life not having the things that I desire. You know, there's one school of thought that says delay your gratification. And I get that. That that doesn't mean that you have to have everything now, but you delay your gratification. And then when are you actually going to get it? Or when are you going to actually use it? Like, you know, people who don't eat on their good dishes or people who wait for special occasions to do certain things. You know what I mean? Like, you just want to examine where a lot of those things, those things come from scarcity. The socks company Bombas sends send me scent me a shit ton of socks for my nonprofit. And, you know, I give a lot of those socks away to people who serve the homeless, to single moms, to people that are at risk, to people that are less fortunate, because especially for homeless, socks are at the top of the list for their requests. Well, I think 25 pairs of socks comes in one package. I was speaking um, to somebody in She had, what does she have? Like maybe five pairs of the socks. And she said, oh, I've been saving those socks. And I said, why? She said, because I don't want to wear my new socks. And I I said, why? I said, "Well, well, I have more socks. I mean, there's always more. So the way to overcome scarcity is to really realize that there is always more. Just because more doesn't exist in your current reality doesn't mean that there is not more that exists outside of your reality. So a lot of times your environments, your associations, your upbringing, if every decision in your family was made by money, then you know likely you are still carrying on a lot of those patterns and you you could be making good money and still won't spend or invest money in things that you desire because of, oh, it's too expensive. Who is more worthy than you? This has nothing to do with just like material things or labels. It has things to do with living the life you desire because it's the life that you desire, right? My daughter was telling me how she wants to go thrifting. She's going thrifting because she enjoys it and because she chooses to, not because she has to. There's a difference right? Then a scarcity mindset that feels like you have to get everything that you desire from the thrift. I'm not here to change people's habits. 
But I do like to invite people to consider, like, there is more. You can have what you desire. Yes, you have to tap into your creative ability. Yes, you have to get off your ass. Yes, you might have to develop skill sets and harness talents that may have have been dormant. But it's possible to create what it is that you desire, if you desire it enough, okay? So I just wanted to tell you all about that. Let me see if there's any other updates. I think that's about it. But that expensive thing, that's one. When people say it, my insides almost cringe um, because I try to be very diligent about not making decisions because something is quote unquote expensive. So let me tell y'all a little story. I mean, it's just two parts to this story. So one of them is going on expensive. So my mom was here with me for about four, four or five days a couple of weeks ago. And my mom had been saying for weeks that she had a taste of some crab legs. Now, normally she makes this big, ginormous pot of gumbo and they have, um, what do you call those? Snow crab legs. And I said, Mom, have you ever had the king crab? She said, no, I never had those. So I said, okay. So I said, I'm going to make a reservation at the seafood restaurant and take my mom out for some king crab. And the night she got here, the day she got here, went to the restaurant. And I said, Mom, I'm going to take you to the restaurant so you can get the king crab. She said, okay, great. Well, turns out she never tried oysters either. So I ordered the char-grilled oysters and she's like, well, they're okay. I said, okay, well, you can say you try something new. So then the waitress came over. Real shit, I can't make this up. And she said, okay, are you ladies ready to order? And I said, Mom, you go first. My mom said, I like the king crab. And the lady said, okay. You know, they just have market price up there. So she said, they're $150 a pound. And she said, most people get like a pound and a half or so so that they have enough. And I'm looking at my mother. My mother's whole facial expression changed. My mom started shaking her head no. She said, "Uh uh-uh. That's, that's probably going to be too much food. I don't want that. And so the lady said, would you would you like time to look for something else? Uh-huh. And so I hadn't said a word. I didn't give a damn if it was $500 a pound. Do I know that that is like I could find crab legs less than that a pound? Sure. It was the experience for my mother for me that was priceless. So my mom, she ended up getting, I think, like the red snapper. And she was just like, uh-uh. And I said, she's talking about, I, I, don't, I don't care who paying for it. Like, basically, like, that's just too expensive. So I think it might have been the next day or the two days later, we were in Costco. And I know that Costco sometimes has the, the, the king crab. And they did. And they were $39.99 a pound. And I said, well, mom, do you want these? You want to try those? She said, yeah. She said, well, that's still expensive, but that's more like it. Now, in my mind, my mind says, okay, we could have had these over and done with with somebody else preparing it and it wouldn't have cost me my time, right? Do I mind preparing them for my mother? Absolutely not. But I did prepare those for her so she could still have the experience. But we don't think the same about time and money, right? The the fact that it was too expensive, it was a, it was a no for her regardless of who was going to pay for it. Now, let me tell you the other part that I'm going to that about uh, the other part of being expensive, something, a, a hard lesson that I have learned and am learning. I really need y'all to hear me, okay? You cannot give people something that they don't believe they are supposed to have. I'm going to say this again. You cannot give people something that they don't believe they are supposed to have. Now, let's move away from this being expensive. 
I was looking to give my mother an experience. I wasn't concerned about the expense because her experience, her happiness, her having something that she would not have bought herself, that was more important to me than the price of it, right? My mother rejected that because she had a core belief that this is too expensive. This is too expensive, but there's also a core belief that says, I'm not worth this because guess what? Let I'm, I'm gonna give y'all another example. Um, I can remember when I was a coach within a coaching organization and I was with the sales team and I we were all at some dinner and I said, hmm, I can't decide if I want this or that. I don't remember what the two things were. And the sales exec looked at me and she said, well, you don't have to decide. You can just you can just get both of them and you can get anything else you want on this menu. And I said, say less. And so that is exactly what I did, okay? Because nothing in me said that I wasn't supposed to have that even though I wasn't paying for it. So listen, I have seen this, guys, time and time and time and time again. And it actually, when people are really close to me, my mother, other people that I care for, the most hurtful part of this for me is when it is within my ability to shift their experience or shift something for them. But their core belief says that they are not worthy, they shouldn't have it. And so I can't even do that. And so I've learned to respect where people are, even though it hurts me in my heart and soul, right? Listen, this doesn't necessarily just apply to money. This can apply to love. Do y'all know how many people that I have just tried to love, that I have just genuinely tried to love, and they question my motives, they question my come from place because love felt foreign to them? I'm not talking about what people say they desire. I go deeper than that now. People say they desire a lot of things because your desires and what you think you desire come from your conscious mind. But your core beliefs and what you believe you deserve are a whole different thing. And so when I can see that people's core beliefs are different than what they say they desire, I have learned to respect that. I am learning to respect that. Because it is going to be an effort and futility and frustration for me to continue to try to push against something that people are going to fight. Let me put this another way. Have you ever had something in your life and you say that you want it so much, you want it so bad, you pray for it, you can see it, you long for it, you desire it, and then it materializes and you sabotage it? Because your subconscious mind says, "Uh uh-uh. This, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel familiar. Your subconscious desires and your conscious desires are not one and the same. And if you don't have an awareness of this, you will constantly go through life fighting the thing that you say that you desire, continually praying for it, wondering why nothing is working for you or nothing is happening for you. And it's because of core belief. I'm not worthy. 
I don't deserve this. Something is wrong with me. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of wealth. The list could go on and on because our core beliefs were all formed very differently. But if you don't get a hold of your core beliefs and if you don't really identify those and work to shift those, then they will always cause you to stop short of the thing that you say that you desire. I'm telling y'all, this has brought and will bring me to tears because One of the things that I understand is that my life and that the blessings in my life are not just for me. And so I'm a vessel. And so blessings come through me to be poured out upon other people. But the other thing that I understand is that the only thing that I can do is plant seeds and release people from the expectations to receive those seeds. I don't know what's going on deep in people's hearts, right? Let's let's talk about love again. Going back to love. We all have a core desire to love and to be loved. It's just a human desire. But if that has not been our experiences, our subconscious minds will fight that tooth and nail. And if you don't have that awareness, you can't tell a person, hey, this is something that I desire, but this has not been my experience. And so I'm having some challenges receiving this. I'm having some challenges being comfortable with this. I'm asking if you can be patient with me while I grow into this sense of normalcy, that you're gonna be here, that you're reliable, that you're dependable, that I can depend upon you because this has not been my experience. See, here's here's the thing that really happens is that a lot of our relationships are very surface. We can't really have conversations about real shit Because we're afraid that if we're actually real, then we will scare people away. And we will scare people away that are not real or that don't have the emotional capacity to be real or to handle our authenticity. And that is really okay. But that's the only real way to to have real relationships. Man, let me tell y'all, in my work, in my life, if you are a real generous person and you are a giver, and you're always giving things to other people, and you're just sharing, a lot of times you have the hardest time receiving from other people. I really had to correct that or work on that in myself, right? And so you really, that giving becomes a form of control. Sometimes it's a form of people pleasing and getting the approval that maybe you otherwise would not get. But then when it comes back to you and people want to reciprocate that, it makes you feel a little cringy. Why is that you can be so generous in giving, but you can't, you don't have the same ability to allow people to give to you? How dare you act as if you aren't worthy of of people's time, energy, attention, money, resources, gifts, appreciation, as much as you give it out. I'm saying, just really look at that. A lot of times it's false humility. A lot of times it's really, it's pride masked as false humility as if you don't need anything, but you do, you do. So don't block somebody else's blessing by not allowing people to give to you. But I can remember... What did I buy my client a gift for? God, I can't even remember what the gift was for. She made it so difficult for me to give her this gift that I was like, well, well, damn, like, just forget about it. Because it was just almost like, no, you don't have to do it. I know I don't, I don't have to do it. I did it because I wanted to do it. 
You don't tell me what to do or, or what not to do. Or I'm, I'm clear that I'm not obligated. I don't do things. If, if anybody knows me, I don't do things by obligation. I really do things that are heartfelt. If it's not in my heart, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, I'm, I'm not going to do it. So when you get something from me, when you hear something from me, if I send a message, a card, a gift or whatever, it is really a sincerely heartfelt effort. And I don't even remember what it was, but she was just like, you don't have to. She had the hardest time receiving it. And so, of course, me being the coach is like, baby girl, let's let's dig into this a little bit. What in the hell is going on here? Like, let's let's dig into this, right? So I just want y'all to think about that. Like, what are you trying to give people? Damn near force upon people. And you may be angry because either they're not reciprocating it or they don't seem to be grateful for it or they don't seem to be receiving it. And you're looking at the surface level, not understanding that there is a deeper thing at play a lot of times in their core beliefs. And so in their core beliefs, if you're telling somebody how great they are, but their their core beliefs say that there is something wrong with them, your words aren't landing. Your words aren't landing because your words are a mismatch to how they really feel deep down in their subconscious belief system, which runs the show 95% of the time. And so that's all I'm saying is that go down into your own core beliefs. I remember doing a podcast. I can't even remember. It was about three or four ago. I can't remember. But it was talking about your desires and pursuing the things that you desire. And the one thing that when I really start thinking about it is, The disconnect between your desires and what you materialize lies within your belief. And so you believe things into being, right? That's why a lot of people, it looks like, damn, they just think of something and boom, here it is, because they believe it. They believe that they are supposed to have it. They believe that they are worthy of it. They believe that they can maintain it. Listen, I um, here's a shameless plug. I just recently had an article published in my, my good friend's Authority magazine about power women navigating the, the world of life, work, and love or something like that. And I can't remember what the question was, but I remember talking about how in 2008, I um, had just started my real estate brokerage. I was nine years into my real estate career. And finally, like, okay, I'm going to take this serious, started my own brokerage. And I did that. And I was like, but I don't love it. And then the market started to, but I said, I really want to be a coach. Anyway, um, 2008, I started when the market started crashing. I was doing some independent coaching for this guy. And he gifted me his four sessions with his life coach. And after those four sessions, she wanted to know what my biggest takeaway from those sessions. I said, my biggest takeaway is that I want to be a coach. And she said, well, I think you should. She sent me all of her pricing templates, every like damn near a business in a box. And she said, have added. I wish you the best. Have any questions? I'm available. This was 2008. I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't feel like I was ready. Maybe my core belief was like, I didn't feel that I was worthy. I didn't feel that I deserved to have my own business. I don't know what the core belief was at the time, but it took me all the way till 2019 to start my own coaching practice. 
I went to work for another coaching company, right? And every organization that I've ever ever worked in, God always allowed me to be placed close to the leaders so I could see the inside of things and see how it worked and understand that these are strategies, not that I could steal, right? But that I could, so I could understand the inner workings of business and how to do it for myself. It took me nine years of working with that company, another year of working with another coaching company. Now, I do believe that God meets us wherever we happen to be, but I'm telling y'all how I was the delay in this because I didn't believe that I was supposed to have it yet. And the last coaching company, when I went to work with lawyers, I said, God, just give me a year because I here I am saying I still don't feel like I'm ready. And, and that year went past and I met some incredible lawyers, built some incredible relationships. And then it started becoming so stressful that I was like, nothing is worth my sanity. And I resigned and referrals started coming to me faster than I could take them. And that is how I started my business. But y'all might not remember me saying before, where God was talking to me about his promises. And he said, Letitia, you are the delay in all of this. And I could not understand why. It was because of those beliefs that I'm not worthy, that I can't handle it, that I don't deserve it. It took me from 2008 all the way to 2019. The beauty is that I was still coaching and I was still able to impact so many people's lives while I learned. But, and I'm I'm glad that eventually I got it. But what I'm saying to you is that your core beliefs are what stand in the way of your desires. It's not God holding things up from you. It's not external circumstances. It's not anything outside of you. It's your core beliefs. And those core beliefs are a fucking lie, but they are the truth to you. And so as long as they are true to you, you're going to live out those truths and there's going to be a hole in your heart for what it is that you desire in your life and what it is that you actually see. So that's what I'm saying. If you don't know what your core beliefs are, pray about it, meditate, get some, I always say, get some help. Just don't, don't try to be deep right here. Get some help and get outside of yourself because that will stop you. That will stop you right in your tracks. But now, so let me tell you the other side of that. Now that my, I don't believe that. How did I change the belief? I changed the belief by taking action. But it had to get so stressful for me, so stressful for me that I said, oh, hell no, I'm worth more than this. It, it Listen, we can choose to change before we're forced to change, right? And it had to get so stressful for me. I tolerated shit for so long that I just didn't have to because my core belief said that I didn't deserve better. I tolerated less money than I deserved. I tolerated a lot less than I deserved, not because I didn't deserve it, but because I didn't believe I did. So when I needed to toil and struggle and be stressed out for six figures, and I said, nope, this no longer felt normal, and then I could create multiple six figures, 
and I'm sleeping at night, well-rested, traveling, taking vacations, and doing all kinds of things, you know what that did to my belief? It shot it through the roof. And so now, on the other side of that, I'm unfucking stoppable. Do I still have fears? I absolutely do. But I'm going to bet on me. I'm betting on me every time. I'm betting on me every single time. And so, wrapping this up, the twofold thought in this is I really want you to revisit your thoughts if you're somebody who makes all of your decisions by money. You know, this is too expensive. Some things cost you more money, but they free up your time. Some things aren't costing you money, but they're costing you peace of mind. And so I really want you to revisit what is expensive for you and what's the basis for you, right? Um, And the other thing is, What are you giving people that they don't believe they're supposed to have? Or better yet, what is God trying to get to you through people that you don't believe you're supposed to have and you keep sabotaging it? It could be your success in your business. It could be love. It could be health. It could be anything because we all are complex and layered in our own ways and we resist the very thing that we say that we desire. And so until we examine those beliefs and until we're really willing to deal with the truths of those beliefs, we'll see ourselves playing out the same cycles and situations over and over and looking for someone to blame when the problem, this is really an inside job. I love each and every one of you. And my only ask of you is that you share the podcast. The one thing I can tell you is that you never know whose life you're changing by forwarding or or sharing the link. I love y'all.